Film fans, this is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 18. Oh, yeah. So, Tawana, what are we going to see today? What are we talking about? Oh, well, um... First, we're going to see, well, we'll say this. Because of the Oscar nods, what's happening is we decided to scrap Den of Thieves, kick it up with Call Me By My Name, and... Um, the Post. The Post. And uh, that's what we got. Sounds good. Let's talk about our drinks today. What we having? Absolutely. So today, because of Call Me By My Name... Um, and the very interesting use of apricots in the film, I thought that we could, uh, peaches. I should use, yeah, peaches and apricots. They both. Oh, okay. yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so, um, I thought I used something kind of interesting and I went with Grimm's Apricot Pop. Grimm is a, um, is an interesting company that makes a lot of, uh, interesting beers and so this one is a really um, interesting huh is it really interesting it is interesting because i think they have a lot of different types of a lot of different types of beers in which they blend like milk stouts and cacao and um which is like they're like petites saisons they do a lot of um like a lot of dessert berliner vices which is what i'm drinking today which is called apricot pot, by the way. Wow. <laughs> Brewed with apricots, vanilla, and milk sugar. It's got a medium acidity. Um, my mistake in thinking a dessert beer would be sweet, but I was wrong. This is a sour, uh, so it's got a bit of a, um, it's got a bit of a tartness. I mean, under under what they what they usually advertise is that they're. They're often imitated, but um, never duplicated. Their dessert Berliner gets this apricot treatment, so it's tart, it's creamy, and it's a little juicy. To me, it's a little too. Um, it's just like this open portal to like this this bright stone fruit, but I, I it's a little tart for me. Uh, but it, it's not bad. All I'm getting is apricot. I don't get anything vanilla, but you know, try it out. See what you think. If you're big into sours, this is your drink. <laughs> well, I'm taking it to a classic drink, a uh, classic bourbon that everybody sees in all your, your beverage shops. Uh, Maker's Mark this time, because I felt like The Post, the movie The Post speaks to, you know, there was some bourbon drinking in that film, and it was all about just drinking straight on bourbon, no mix, no ice, nothing, just just very neat. It was very tasty, but as it relates to Call Me By Your Name, I would mix this with a nice Bellini, because I've seen on Maker's Mark uh, website, they even have a Bellini recipe oh, that yeah. has Maker's Mark. Okay. And so it would be really cool with a little champagne. They even suggest doing it with uh, that Martelli sparkling apple cider. Oh, I love Martelli's. Yeah, with sparkling apple cider and the Maker's Mark bourbon, along with a nice little cherry on the end. Or you could make a Manhattan using this with a little apple cider. You can use apple cider. You can do a lot of things to to add, to bring out those spices and the vanilla and the caramel that you get from Maker's Mark. So I definitely recommend this drink. And I know you can find Maker's Mark in it. 
all of your stores because it's, it's everywhere because it's very yeah. popular. Been around for a long time, and they're from Loretto, Kentucky. You know, I love my Kentucky bourbon, so reach out and try some if you haven't had it before. It's a little expensive, but it's worth it. Absolutely. And today I'm drinking it neat. Nice. Neat all day. All right, so let's start talking about the movies. Absolutely. So today, Call Me By My Name, we'll start off with that, yeah? Absolutely. We all saw it, thought it was a very good film. And what it's about is... We can't is, even call it a... We have to talk about cinema. It's cinema. It's cinema all day. All day. So the premise of the film is in Northern Italy in 1983, 17-year-old Elio begins a relationship with uh, visiting Oliver, his father's uh, research assistant, with whom he bonds over his emerging sexuality, their Jewish heritage, and a beguiling Italian landscape, which was really unbelievable, by the way. Just a beautiful place. I, I really, it just made me want to go on vacation. I was like, I'm ready to go there right now. Yeah, no, I was. And like, I haven't had that feeling since the that Tuscany movie. There was something, something about the uh, sun. Tusk, Tuscan. Eat, 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 pray, love. Is no, that, no, no, is no, that no. the film you're referring to? No, no, hell no. no, no. Under the Tuscan sun. Under the Tuscan sun. <laughs> That's yeah. what it reminded me of because you saw the landscape. You felt like you were there. Yeah. It was. It was very open. It was beautiful. There were flowers. There were trees. It, it just yeah. felt like. You know, there were beautiful lakes and, yeah. and just outdoor scenes. And even the interior scenes were, were places that you would want to sit and have conversations, read a book, have a drink. You know, just whatever you were doing. It was Everything was in this film. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Bicycle Thief, like classics. Right, like, right. Um, any, any, any sort of Bertolucci, uh, um, any of those. It reminded me of, of a more recent film um, called Blue is the Warmest Color. Mm-hmm. Which is actually similar to this, except for it's two women. Right, right. Which was great. Highly recommend it. Check it out on Netflix. But yeah, it was definitely this big cinematic uh, piece. But I'll let you start with what you feel, Vaughn. And, and there were just come so many moments. There were just so many moments about it that because it was a, it was a love story, but it was a subdued kind of situation where it wasn't about being overly sexual. It was about those small moments when you fall in love with someone during the summertime. And it reminded me of a yeah. film from back in the day, Summer of 42, where it was a, a woman and a man oh, yeah, who right. had this this love affair that happened during a summer period. And that's kind of where this film takes place. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of puts you in that moment and you're just, you're experiencing what the the castmates, they felt during this this time during the summer. And they didn't, they didn't belabor it. There wasn't a lot of drama around it. There was a lot of just very sensual moments and conversations that you would have with somebody that you were falling in love with. Yeah. And even the and, and it was always in that moment of, well, we know this is temporary. We know this isn't going to last or right. go anywhere. But you felt like they were totally engaged in the moment. Yeah, you did. You felt like they were totally immersed from beginning to end. Absolutely. And, and the scenes... And the landscape kind of led you into that, and and just the way mm-hmm. the whole village was kind of surrounding. Because because yeah. Army Hammer, who plays the the graduate assistant, he was kind of like the other, yeah. as Bell Hooks would say, in the town, because he was the only yeah. American in a town that was full Jewish of French, too. And, yeah, and Jewish. But he was he was American in a town that was mostly Italian, and then you had French folks there, and just yeah. a little bit of everybody. It was like French, there were Germans. It was a it was global like experience, yeah, unlike the Trump global. universe we live in. It was a very global wow. experience, wow. and <laughs> and it was quite refreshing to see that because he had to navigate his way in mm-hmm. that landscape. Yeah, it was very interesting. I I, I enjoyed um, 
the openness of it, it just made me feel like it, it, the open air of it was also added to the, 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 the character's psyches. Right. I felt like they had an open amount of space to sort of like really be unjudged and be themselves. Right. And I just, it, it, it added to to all that it was. It was never claustrophobic. Not even when they were in the house was it claustrophobic. Because no. it was always open spaces and the yeah. windows were open and there was, you could feel like a breeze coming through the, yeah, every room. Yeah, it was nestled and in then the they, hills the, of Italy. The know? director, they shot through rooms. You know, they so there were scenes everything. where you would be shooting through the <laughs> yeah. rooms. Like you'd have somebody walking through the bathroom yeah. that would lead into this other room. And there was just some, there was just a beauty in that. And it was, and it was almost like how you, experience life so you didn't feel like you were part of a movie set no. you were just in someone's house definitely yeah definitely felt like that it was so yeah it was amazing and so you know i think that it was just kind of cool to see how this relationship unfolded and it literally could have been anybody yes in this situation it was two guys but it could have been a man and a woman it could have been, been two been women it could have been however this situation would have unfolded i think that the way the story was told it kind of allowed accessibility to take a look into this story Mm because i know a lot of people in in dealing with gay themes i know there's a lot of people out here in the world who can't really get with that or a little afraid of that and don't really understand what you know the gay experience is about but i think that this film kind of taps into it a little bit in a way that's approachable for a lot of different audiences i was very impressed by that i was very impressed by that because the thing that really stuck out for me was how um just how like it's like a, it's like a different way of talking to a, a person mm-hmm. right and it's like they're speaking in a it's not even like subtle or innuendo right. it's like it's like what is not being said yeah. is as is far more important than what's being said Absolutely. because what's yeah. being said is so minimal in language yeah. it's like are we actually talking about the same thing it's like it's just yeah. like it's like a stolen glance yes, right a, a touch that lasts an extra half second right it's like in the in the 80s i mean even today but especially in the 80s where people are still being thrown in prison oh, yeah. for being out right yeah. um how Definitely. i guess i guess the gay community developed has developed still to this day i hope not i hope i hope doesn't have to be done as much as like behind closed doors, but maybe in some parts of the world. Depends on where you live. But exactly. um, you know, it's, I was just amazed at how like wh- when it was th- when they were kind of like decided they were going to be like really upfront with right. each other, and like there was the moment in, right. in the in the little waiting the, the the pool with the glacial water. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. It was like they had still never said anything to right. each other. No. But no. it was just kind of like. And it wasn't even like, are you saying what I think you're saying? Right. You know, it was. It was just so artfully like screenplayed. So and, and, and see, was, and I think you know I that that yeah. was also the beauty. It was like, yeah. it was like a poem to me. Mm. Yes. And and you know there were so many things. And as you said, Alex, it was so many things that weren't said. Yeah. That led you right into the story, and so you could also fill in some of those spaces in your own mind and in your own experience. And I think that's why it connects with so many people because the, all the people that are, there's so much buzz around this film and it's because it it leaves you the freedom, 
no matter what your sexual orientation is, no matter you know how you feel about love, but everybody has that 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 first love or that summer love or that yeah. thing that that reminds them of, of this moment. And so the film allowed you to be in those spaces, and that's why people can connect to it because it wasn't. One, it wasn't overtly sexual, but there was it was about those glances. Yeah. It was about those little touches. Yeah. It was about those little <laughs> words and, mm. and those little those little private moments. And there was a scene where what struck me was the scene where um Elio, the younger guy, he where he had the nosebleed and he went off to himself. Yeah. And Army Hammer's character yeah, came to check on Oliver. Concerned. Came to check on him, whereas nobody else in the family did. It was just yeah. like, oh, he has nosebleeds. They were like, it's you know, fine. He, he does, does it all the time. time. You know, no big deal. But he, it was that moment where mm. he knew I need to go check on him. Yeah, he was very concerned. You know, it's just those little things. And like I said, throughout this whole film, there were just smaller moments. And even when Elio was, was having a relationship with this young lady in the town, even their relationship, it was very respectful. There was always these things about, well, you know, because they were they were trying to navigate that experience of their first yeah, sexual encounter. Yeah. You know, it was their first sexual encounter. So it was like, how do, you know, you, you saw that in a way that wasn't Hollywood eyes and made like a porky sex romp. Yeah, it no. was... Very beautiful and very sensual, and there was some some very quiet, peaceful moments, and just there were just there were just so many of them, and the scenes were shot and so well. There was so much maison scene in in every mm-hmm. frame that you felt like you were you could actually step into it. Yes, you could right. see everything, totally. yeah, and you could feel it, and just there was there was so much attention gave given to the detail of every scene, even in the simplest of forms, mm. and. And I, I just love the scene where he was laying on the grass and talking to the girl, and he was half out of the frame. She was in one side, and it, just the use of the frame was, was working so much for me. Well, because a lot of the film was shot, um, including the opening credits and the, what the final credits were shot in single, like thirty-five millimeter lens frames. Oh, okay. so that's why. So that's why they were so like, yeah. that's why they were so like succinct and great in depth, in form of depth of yeah. field, uh, racked focus, all of that was part of it it was it, there was <clears throat> there was so much going on it was just like what you guys have been saying the sexuality is eluded until it's not and then fully fleshed out i mean army hammer's character oliver was so insatiable he gobbled everything up right i love that it felt very american too he was like a bull in a china shop in this italian city it also city. felt to me like a symbol of his sexuality, a right. symbol of his his zest for life. Right. I mean, the American side. He I had could the see American When spirit. he smashed up the egg initially mm. at that first breakfast, and then he grew to be a little more gentler after the time. Mm-hmm. But he was just like gobbling it up, down in drinks. You know, falls asleep straight away. Falls asleep straight away. It was this whole thing. And you know, there was what what I thought was interesting in where. where because initially, when he first got there, he didn't really fit into the family. The fact that he went right, right to his bedroom and went to sleep. They were having lunch. And shoes they would, on. They would shoes on the sit. Bed. Right, yeah, exactly. The they bed. would sit together and have meals. And you could tell that wasn't in his tradition to do it because he didn't he didn't feel like he was supposed to be there. Yeah. Whereas you're going into someone's home for the first time. You know, he was actually being very disrespectful. He was. Yeah. And there were many moments when they were like, well, it's, it's time for lunch. You know, and they would they would call him out, come, and then what? he was like, he would say Later. to Elio, 
oh, later. cover for me. Right. Oh, yeah. just give, yeah. give give your mom an excuse. So it was just that whole thing of how do you navigate in this space? And and over time, he did that. And he, he became part of the village. But, but he did that with his own time and yeah. in his own frame. And at, at times I felt like Ilya was always very intrigued by him, but he also kind of hated him. Yeah, he was very annoyed with him he in the very beginning. He was annoyed by his rudeness, even though they're American. Um, but he grew up in this sort of landscape where where he, he understood European culture right. and norms. Right. And so he seemed like he was very annoyed by him. It's almost like he was sort of fighting with him in some sense. Yes, there was a lot of there was a lot of conflict. There was a lot of political back and Mm -hmm. forth, you know, with him. Sexual politics. Sexual politics. But then there were times where he felt like it seemed like he was jealous of the attention he would get. Yeah. So it was you had to deal with all that, and to actually they would flush it all out. And if you notice, in terms of music, all we got was like a lot of like classical. Yeah, and we got music that was so sorely solely for the film, and then we got music that was for us. So it, it was like contrapuntal sound, and then not, you know. And then so then w- once the music became for us, mm-hmm. the the visuals would change. We we got those. Do you guys remember that scene where he's staring off, and we got all that blue light flare? It was like lens flare, blue lens flare. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Where it looked like the camera was screwing up, but that was purposeful. It was just like, plus there was like all this 80s music playing for us. Yeah. It was the first time they had ever played music it for was, us. It was almost like, it was a sync pop kind of soundtrack from the 80s. It was a sync pop type of sound. Like some British, it was obviously some British band. They had they had a lot of... It a, wasn't the Talking Heads, was it? Because he was no, always no, it wasn't Talking that. Heads. It wasn't Talking Heads. But it, and it, by it, the way, I had that Talking Heads shirt. And I even said it to Juana. I had that shirt back right. in the day. But I think it was like, <laughs> it was just like their homage because it was supposed to be 80s. Yeah. So they were, and just... it felt it definitely felt eighties, and you know because it was it was a different time and place, and I think that that was also the beauty of the film, and yeah. and we didn't get the because they were in a in a in this little Italian town, yeah, you didn't get all the trappings of whatever was going on in the world. It was like they were on vacation, and, right? And that was the beauty of it, I think too. Well, what what got me the most? Okay, so the film was fantastic. I thought the acting was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Army Hammer, which we said he's playing Oliver. He plays the older the older gentleman who's the older graduate student. Yeah, he's a grad student. And then the other kid is um, Timothy Chalmette. Right? Is that uh, how you pronounce it? Chalamet. Sh- oh, Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah. Tim- Amazing actor. Timothy Chalamet. I need him to get all the Oscars. I need him to get them all. He he's he's actually from New York. so good. Yeah. I've never seen... A young actor with so much depth, so much, so much. There were so many beautiful moments with him. Mm-hmm. I, that, he he's a scene stealer, first of all. When yes, soon he as he's on the screen, stealer. you you can't help but watch him. But he did so many. There were so many subtle nuances in his performance yeah. that you know a lot. And that was the thing about it because there wasn't a lot of words and everything. Yeah. But he gave you so much in his his expressions and his, his body movements yeah. and just how he would. Turn a phrase, yeah. you know what I mean, and and that was like, and his his angst of being this because he was an older teenager, he was like somewhere around seventeen, eighteen, so he was in this place like 16, of finding his way. It was it was called I think it's Love My Way, the psychedelic furs. Okay, yeah. that's what it was. It was great, but my whole thing is there is something about how he he did that in this way, and I'm so glad that as a, a young actor he got to bite into this kind of role yeah. because. 
you know, no matter whatever film he ends up in next, he got to do something on screen He's that you hardly ever see from somebody his age. He's actually in Lady Bird. Oh, and which we're going to be reviewing next. So yeah. I think that it's good to see that. I'm looking forward to his performance in that because it's good when you can see those kinds of actors doing acting things. And if you're studying acting out here in the world, take a look at this film because you saw some great things. And the the actor that plays yeah. his father, Michael Stahlberg. Michael Stahlberg. That man is a he's motherfucking been in a, beast. A few Oscar films this he year. He is a he's motherfucking in, beast. He's in The Shape of Water. He's in this. Shape of Water is from the last episode. It's from the last bit. episode. You guys check it out. Too. He he was in A Serious Man. He's been in um, so many. He's been in Fargo. He was in The Post, which we're going to talk oh about. Oh, my God. He was yeah, in he The was Post. In the post. He, was exactly. in the post. he was in The Post. That's, that's my New point. York he Times the, publisher. Yeah. He, he is the man. He was and, the New York Times publisher. And let me tell you something, guys. I think I, if you have Who's not. Our rival? Mr. Rosenthal. You're going to see yeah. clips from Call Me By Your Name with his, his conversation with his son, Elio. And it's going to blow your mind because it was, it was one of the most powerful scenes I've seen and in cinema in a long time. The most open conversations I've Between ever a seen and a, child. a father have with yeah. his son. Very powerful. I was, I was quite, I was quite impressed by it. There's a lot of media around that. <clears throat> like I just, just googled it. I googled it just before we started, and there's. Ten, like nearly every major online publication yeah. has an article just about that one that scene. scene. It was that incredible scene, yeah. um, within the last twenty four hours. It like, was incredible. I don't, weekend. I don't know. It's like so many, like so many people's eyes have been open to it. And even when Tawana and I saw it yesterday, yeah, we saw it last night. And and there were more people in that showing than in the post than in the post mm-hmm. or any of the other movies. It was, it was sold out. People were going Williamsburg to Cinemas. See it. it was ten p.m. on a Friday. Sold out. Sold out. On a Saturday and so, night. And I think that it's because it's of all the word of mouth. And, I, and I'm glad that the film is getting that kind of exposure because it is something special <clears> to see. And I, I just want, I want people not to be afraid of the subject matter. I want you just to experience the film for what it is. Yeah, definitely. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the cinematography Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And um, can, can we just take a quick yeah, yeah, do pause? Think? Quick pause. Because I just wanted to play a little bit of that song. Uh, with the blue light flares, that yeah, one, yeah, 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 or the one at the it's dance hall. So good, yeah. Love my way. I mean, it's, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my god, it's so that's good. when they were dancing at the pool. Y'all get ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was at the hall. Yeah, when they were oh, dancing in the that soundtrack. That's eighties all day. I know. I just loved it so much. And he's doing his army hammers, doing his like he's bad a, dancing. Yeah. His bad white guy dancing. Yeah. Like, 80s, like shoulders. Yeah, all day. The bicycle, like. Yeah, where you, you don't move your hips, you just move your arms <laughs> yeah. and your shoulders. Yeah. There it is. Tawana, so, you were talking about cinematography. Yeah, so the DP is a uh, a Thai uh, cinematographer. I'm going to try my best. Really? His name is Sa- Sayamhu Sama- Muktipram. I think wow. you need my assistance if on this one. You, you might need to help me. Alex, give us some of your... Uh, I mean... Some of your explaining. Uh, come on, come on. I'm trying to find the cast list on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Why, why are you not on IMDb? I guess I should be. <laughs> Which would be a better... Call me by your name. IMDb. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God, y'all. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Listeners, I'm so sorry you had to experience that, but it's okay. The Golden Pipes. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you, oh, you got them. <laughs> Do you find his name yet? <laughs> um, director... And then cinematography. Cinematographer. Where the fuck? It's not. You have to go into film. Oh film crews. Oh yeah, full cast and crew. Cinematography. Stand by, stand by. Unprepared. Here we go. <laughs> I don't know. Um. All right, Sayombu. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, Mukti Prom. Yeah, I'm good. Nice. I said that. Nice. I mean, in, in a very Amer- American way, but yeah. I said it. I just over enunciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, Sayambu. Uh, <laughs> Sayambu Mukde Prom. Yes, sir. <laughs> that the- yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. pretty much how I said it. Hey, <laughs> Sayambu, reset on two. That's right, Sayambu. Come on, boy, let's go. So, move ain't paying for itself. A mess. Thank you. So anyway, Alex. sorry. It's okay. <clears throat> what I really liked about the cinematography was the. I'm not gonna say overuse. The no, it use, was not. The use of the two shot, which is which for people who don't Absolutely know it, is two people in a shot. Now what they did was one would be in the foreground, one would be in the background, um, and it didn't matter who was because they stayed would switch it up occasionally. But what would happen is one would be in deep focus, one would be in soft focus, and then they would rack focus back that and rack forth focus was sick. as the conversations were happening, which is very hard to do. Very sick. Um, even at some points, there were just conversations where it looked like he was playing with the film. Like Hitchcock has done this, Eisenstein has done this, a few other filmmakers have done this, in terms of which they will soften the lens. And it just went a little blurry for a second. Yeah. But I, and it was definitely intentional. It was intentional all the way, much like the blue light flares, uh, much like um, them shooting through a lot of different elements. They shot in water, um, underwater. They shot um, like people tanning and napping, but but through elements like um, tall grass, weeds, trees. Uh, there was a thing with um, the branches of the fruit. Um, lots of silhouettes going in and out of frame. My favorite was the the one where Elio was kneeling down. It was a it was like a late evening scene, mm-hmm. and there was marsh from the trees and whatever, yeah. and it was just his silhouette against the trees. Yeah, just there was absolutely a, beautiful. There were so many parts. There were there was a part where they were walking. They were like riding through the Italian countryside. And there was this this sort of archway, which was really darkly lit, but you could see silhouettes through it. And twice they walked in and out of it. And when mm-hmm. they went back in, it was marvelous. And they would come out and it was just like all this light, all this color. But it was just like he played with every single element in, in, in cinema that you could think of. I cannot mention this enough, the blue light flares blew my mind. The soft focus blew my mind. The negative exposure, do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was, blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. That was during the punk scene. Yeah. That was well, it, cool. they were also flashing back. That was that punk scene when they when they went on the trip together or whatever. Yeah. So there was and, I, a, and speaking of that, the whole the trip 
in that hotel room yeah. where they were framed. They were framed by the window, mm-hmm. and they were also framed by the frame. Yeah. So in that in that conversation that they had, yeah, where they literally were locked yeah. in that space, yeah. and they they were allowed the movement, yeah, of the frame basically. Yes. And it was so amazing. Well, there were so many parts. Like, okay, for instance, when Ilio has sex with that girl, if the frame is the frame as is, now in the bottom right hand corner, it's them having sex. Now you see them having sex up into their waist and it's so fractured, it's crazy. Right. There's another scene where Ilio is like um, playing the piano, but you don't know he's playing the piano because all you see is the top of his hair mm-hmm. and the piano sort of like stretched out in the distance. And then when he sits up, you you sort of you sort of reassess your surroundings. Right, because you get his hands first and then it opens up to his full body. Right, because then you get to understand that that was his hair the whole time you right. were looking at. It's just so many different, like, um, really interesting elements that they've put in. I mean, the shots in nature were were, were devastating, to say the least. I yeah. mean, long, long takes of the road and then them riding on the road. Long, long, um, like you said, mezzanine shots where someone would enter a room and you could see from one room to the bathroom into another room. I mean, they were just, this person, this, this director and this DP really thought about what they wanted to Every do. single shot, every and single one. This is the way cinema is and the way cinema is supposed to be. It's the reason why I personally love cinema. It was It was so European. If you could just watch any of these films... I mean, start with the bicycle thief and go on down. Yeah, I don't know if everybody's gonna be able to find a bicycle. Bicycle thief, thief is everywhere. You can still find it. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You can mm. do uh, Louis Buñuel. You can start with him. Okay. You can do all of that. It's all available. Hell, you can look at a Hitchcock film and really just see. Yeah. Everything yeah, that we're talking about here. Could. You definitely could. And that's as close as we're gonna get to like cinema in America. And you know, um, <laughs> in this, in La Dolce this type, Vita. La Dolce. Is that's a good what I'm saying. Start. You start at Bicycle Thief and go down because it mm-hmm. starts getting more modern as it goes, but it stays in a cinematica, cinematica, in a cinematic context, it, it, and then it becomes, and then it becomes like film noir after that. Right. So it, it it just all just falls together. So if you're really interested in 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 movies outside of the context of just watching them, and I and I think you know the, the interesting to thing to me is that. they used a lot of pan and tilts in this film. Which you don't see a lot of today, because well, we because we it's a lot of dolly work now. Because cameras are just running all over the place in movies now. But I think that yeah. the way they use these pans and these tilts and these, the camera movement added to the conversation. Even the rack focus and all of that, those two shots that they were doing, it all moved the conversation. And right. that's what that's what also brought you into it and made you feel like you were a part of the scenes. And I think it, right. it spoke a lot to it. And and it's a, it's I'm so glad that we got to see it in this way, and I'm so glad that all three of us got to see it because it yeah. was, and we all brought something very different from the experience. Yeah, we all understood something different. But we we time. all we all enjoyed it in the same kind of visceral way. Yeah, you know. So I definitely it's one of the films I would definitely recommend. It's one of my favorites of 2017, 2018. Yeah, it's it's really it's really a brilliant piece. Um. And I and I find that, you know, um, Italian filmmakers, to say the least, like Fellini, or um, or any of them. God, I can't even think right now. There are so many to to 
to be inspired by. They they just do work like this and think before shooting. Yeah. There's always a plan of action and there's always so much more to be seen in in the long run. Tawana, we'll plan a movie night where we're doing some uh, Italian cinema nights. We'll, I mean, we'll it could the... be Italian. I mean, I'm I'm big on Bergman too, so we'll do that. I mean, big Bergman, you know, La Strada. You know, yeah. We'll do that for sure. Just Fellini. I, I to just, death. I'm just, I'm so glad that a movie so simple and so beautiful and so well thought out, very interesting script, very interesting story, mm-hmm. great performances, and that can get this kind of attention because these kind of movies don't normally get this kind of attention that this one is getting. No, they don't. And I, I'm glad that it's happening, especially in America, because we're really so limited in our movie watching experience, but I'm glad well, that... Well, we lose a lot. Like uh, Cinema Paradiso, yeah. that, that was a good one. And, I'm just and glad that we're, we're having this. And, and you know, any kind of throwback to the 80s because a lot of filmmakers are exploring the 80s in a different way because now. Because the 80s were was a pivotal time where things were changing, right. where innovation was was coming in, where independence was coming in, where the auteur right. became more prevalent than right. the 60s when they all really started with um, with all of... French New Wave and and the Italian, and then you you blend into Hitchcock, and then America and uh, the British, the British had some with Peep and Tom. So right. I mean, it all sort of blends oh, in. I love yeah, Peep and Tom. Peep and Tom, I almost so like better good. than than Psycho, and I'm a huge. Peep I named my dog so Hitchcock, but <laughs> Peep and Tom. Is, is an amazing piece. If you haven't seen that, highly recommend it. A lot of these films can be found online, and a lot of these films can be found, you know, all, at all the various, you know, sources, like Netflix and whatnot. If not, you can definitely rent them somewhere. You know. Mm, yes. I, I highly recommend it. Please check it out. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so well, let's give our final reviews. If you are a fan a of film, cinematic, cinema. um, masterpieces yeah you like to uh take a story in as well as take it in visually and essentially emotionally please go see this you know open your mind a little bit and don't be too freaked out about the the content because it's not as bad as it seems um and i think i think everybody will 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 really enjoy it give this a shot for sure and some be prepared for some hot rompy moments. So there, there was where, where a little the hot rompy moments at. <laughs> I guess there were a few. <laughs> okay, so shout out to Apricots and Alex. <laughs> if if you are if you are unaware of of gay life and you're a straight man and it kind of bothers you, <laughs> which it does for most straight men, um, just be aware there's some scenes. There's it's not porno, but it does. It is a little visceral, and it's it's mm. it just enjoy it. But it's but it's not gratuitous. But it's not gratuitous, and it's it's not done. It's very sexual. It's very sensual. It's sensual. How it's it's told, and like I said, once again, this film could be two men, two women, a man and a woman. However you want to lay it down, but I think that it's it's something that everybody needs to see because it's basically a love story at the end of the day. It's a love story, and I'm so glad that these kind of stories are finally being able to be told. That we live in in a time and a place that even in this environment that we can we can hear these kinds of stories and see these kind of stories being told on the big screen. And as we, we, we talk about Oscar films, I think that, 
you know, it, it's something to be said. We're, we're getting a little cross-section of the kinds of films that are out there. Yes. Because there wasn't was a nice. lot of great films in 2017. There really wasn't. But I think that what's being nominated and what's being talked about in all right. the award shows from your Mudbounds and right. and your Post and, and, and Call Me By Your Name and films like that, you know, I think we're, we're getting an interesting slice of life. They've kind of picked some of the best things. Definitely. And a lot of films from 2017 were ignored, like your your Wonder Woman's and even like Blade Runner, as, as much hype as mm. Blade Runner got. It got a lot of technical noms. But there was not a lot of mm. performance situations. No, they didn't get Wonder Woman ignored completely. We, of course. I knew we, that was coming. We dropped all kind of billions of dollars on Star Wars, but guess what? Star Wars films are never going to be nominated oh. out of other things other than cinematography. I was going to say, yeah, they get technical and, and awards. some kind of technical award. I mean, if Disney let their freaking reins off, maybe they could. Maybe it's they never going to happen. Of course not. Well, which is why Lucas does his own thing. Right. And yep. and wants to have his own situation. Wants Jaja Banks. But right. one one more thing before we switch over to the post. Um, I know this, is, this film is about two men, and I think that's fantastic. But I think there needs to be more movie ma- more movies made like this about two women or more alternative stuff because we saw Moonlight and now we saw this and Fantastic. Uh, Carol, okay, great. But I want more cinematic films like this about women and I want them pushed more into the forefront, which is why I'm saying about like blue is the warmest color mm-hmm. was pretty much this film just, you know, women. And it was amazing. Um, and that one was set in France. So, um, but once again, it, it's it's films that are not done mostly in America. Well, no, Americans I mean, don't. Carol was the last American just, film. Americans just stray away from those kind of subjects because well, Americans are very cl- closeted and very stiff and rigid in terms of sexuality and homophobic. And we're we're getting there, I think, in some regards. But I think it's 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 a part of the culture that we just never embraced. And now we're just trying to get where we need to go, where everyone else has been for decades, right? With our young shallowness. So, anyway, well, with that being on said, that note, American another, shallowness. Let's right. move over to the post. Oh, right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have another drink on that. Shots note. fired. Shots fired to the post. Well, shots, shots. Oh, while Vaughn is pouring his drink, yes, I want to play another amazing song off this uh, the Spotify sure. playlist. Little uh, visions of Gideon, Sophia and Stevens. You guys, remember this this track? I love I love the 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 Sof- They only played like Sophia and Stevens tracks. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. This was this was the song at the the end scene. Yes. He's in front of the fire, yes. just yes. like reflecting on which was amazing. The fact that he's never gonna see him again. So fucking Shit. incredible spoiler alert Fuck. so fucking incredible just please go uh, see this movie and you're yeah. right this song just capped it all off I mean yeah and don't leave at the end please stay for this last stay scene stay for this last scene cause it's it's very beautiful and this alone should have got him that right, an Oscar nomination. This- he did he didn't get nominated though well he got a what? Golden Globe nomination Golden Globe he got a Golden Globe and a SAG he didn't get um but that that boy is talented. Let's be clear. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's haunting. It went on for like like two to five minutes. 
but it was very haunting and you know the beauty of the scene wasn't that it was it wasn't locked into that tight close-up yeah. they gave us a medium shot because you saw which shoulder. allowed everything to happen behind you. we're wrong he is nominated. He got nominated for Oscar. He's the youngest. Oh, he's the youngest Oscar nominee. That's bullshit. No, no, no. And he's, he's the youngest. He can't be. In, he's the can't youngest be. in this in this, this year. Because I was about to say because Anna Paquin was. Anna Paquin's the youngest. Goddamn right she was. At like eight, nine. He's and for the piano, motherfucking piano. Okay. He's great. the youngest best Oscar. He's down. the listen. He's the youngest best Oscar nominee in almost eighty years. Wow. So actor, she was actress. Yeah. Well, shout out to him. And you earned all of that. So yeah, I mean, you need to get it. He's fantastic. I mean, unfortunately, I think they're going to wind up giving it to Christopher Plummer, but which is ridiculous. No, it's going to go to, what's his name? It's going to go to Darkest Hour guy. Um, oh, yeah. Well. It's going to go to him. Um, he looked, he was phenomenal in that, which we're going to Omen. Yeah, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. It's going to go to him, but fine. He's a great actor. We, he, it's good company that he's in. Yeah. So let's let's slide over to the American side of no culture. <laughs> no, there was a lot of culture there. Let's <laughs> love there. Love that. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. American culture, really. American culture in the post. The no. whitest political drama I've ever seen. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I have strong opinions on this movie, guys. I have strong opinions, too. I was dragged to this film. I did not want to see this movie. I really wanted to see this at film. All. And then I understood why Tawana didn't want to see exactly. it. Exactly. And then Alex texted me last night. and was like, this was the whitest political. Alex is from New Zealand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "This is the whitest film." I, I like a, I like a little eggshell on cinema. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just saying. All right, all right. Spotlight. I'm, there was a lot of eggshell on that. <laughs> Spotlight was a political yeah. drama as well, and it was not as dry as this. <sighs> it gets better towards it the was, end. What I felt is yeah. the second what, act. What I felt there. with this, and I've yes. been trying to think of what's the most succinct way without going on a rant to sort of sum up. Please rant. Now, on the one hand. The film had all the trappings of an of an Oscar film, right? It did. You had heavyweight actors. Heavyweight. You had a you had a heavyweight crew. screenwriter, heavyweight crew, um, heavyweight script. Um, I mean, like all the interactions, well played. Yes. Like the the plot, well done. Like, yes. I mean, just everything about like, it, and it's an interesting film on an interesting subject matter, like the Pentagon Papers. I mean, mm-hmm. this was kind of like. This laid the groundwork for the leaking. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the original. like before leaks were a thing. You before know what you mean? knew anything about before, WikiLeaks, you it had was all this. Before WikiLeaks, man. Watergate. It yeah. was right before Watergate. Exactly. It's before Watergate. The Pentagon Papers were massive. You know, yeah. it really blew the lid off everything. And so, on the one hand, I'm sitting here being like, okay, I'm really excited for this film to right. be kind of a political thriller, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a bit of give me a bit of that Grisham action, a bit of that right. Tom Cruise Grisham yeah, action from the history. '90s. You know but what it, I mean? But you know the, the the problem is it was missing that. It was missing you that. You didn't get that. You I didn't, didn't get, get that. You didn't get danger. There was nobody no. in peril no. other than oh my god, these rich white folks gonna go to jail. That's so, the thing. You didn't you so, didn't get any peril. That's the Before thing. we go too far, let yeah. me just make sure that the listeners understand what the post is about. Right, 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 right. So the post is a cover is about a cover up that spans four presidents that pushed the country's uh, first female newspaper publisher and a hard-driving editor to join an unprecedented battle between the press and the government. Sound familiar? There you go. <laughs> Hence called the Pentagon Papers, the, one of the original WikiLeaks. 
Um, and the papers were literally walked out of the Rand Corporation's literally. safes mm-hmm. by yes. one of the guys who was actually on the ground. Starberg. <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, just, it was one of those movies where I felt like if there was anyone, if anyone wanted to cookie make a cookie cutter Oscar film, mm-hmm. Spielberg has... Spielberg, and it's a, it pains me to say this because I'm yes. kind of like, look, these are amazing filmmakers and amazing right. actors mm-hmm. and actresses. Like, I don't want to be so indulgent. Like, so you know, we've got so many options of good cinema, but right. it just really fucking annoyed me because it was just Meryl Streep being Meryl Streep. Yes. Yeah. Tom. She was just getting all streepy. She was all kind of like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and just, Tom Cruise. She's all like, being, Tom, Tom Cruise. No, and Tom what, Hanks. Tom Hanks, Tom, Tom Hanks being <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yes. You know what I mean? And it was Steven Spielberg. I mean, just the way it was looked, the way it was colored, the way it was yeah. shot. The way I mean, it, was it was shot. Just, everything about it. It was just, it was like, if it's even possible for actors and directors of this caliber to like phone it in, yeah, they, they fucking they phoned it in in, in this film, man, yeah. and I was just like, Ugh! like they, even your mediocre is still fucking awesome, right? But right. it's mediocre it's for you. Mediocre. You push no boundaries. You with push this. no boundaries. Even their cinematography was like brief. <sighs> it was very brief, and it was and it was by a really good guy. It was by uh, Janusz Kaminski. I mean, that guy did Minority amazing. Report, Schindler's List, um, Save It Private Ryan, fantastic. Films. Having seen Call Me by Your Name like literally in the night before, right? Yeah, and just seeing like the 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 danger they went with that movie, yes. and yeah. the, and where the actors fucking pushed themselves yeah, they pushed and the themselves subtlety entirely, and, right. and then just seeing this, and it was just like all the tension came down to the the, the theme of the film to me was like, by the way, waspy white people have problems too, right? Right. That's pretty right. much what it you was. You know what I mean? It's like, right, right. she, don't you know what's at stake? Her entire fortune and her paper. Oh you know? Right, right. And you I know, was just like, I mean, yes, but not, like, fuck you. Right. <laughs> not, <laughs> not the Vietnam vets that have been fighting and dying <laughs> for like, generations, yeah. for decades, oh, we didn't get, for so long, right? We didn't get for any of that. We didn't there, get any of that. Not briefly, we got briefly some of it. From the very beginning, but there was no... No, at the end, too. But there was no real concern about what they were going through no. as the soldiers was, or the vets. Yeah. It was really about... Do we publish? Do we not publish? Do we publish do to we expose publish, the White House? And so... Do we become famous or do we not become famous? Right, but the... Pretty the, much what it what, is. Why this film works right now, guys, and I'm going to just let you all know and, and for everybody that's going to go see it, why it works is because of the landscape that we're the in right now. Landscape. Nixon equals Trump, it's baby. A Nixon, Nixon equals Trump. Trump. Nixon and so because Trump. of that, that everybody's all into this, and they and one, it's also because of this 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 whole Me Too movement and the in the in the women's fight right now that Meryl Streep becomes the hero because the story was told from the perspective of her being the first her and the editor. female yeah. publisher. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the story. Mm-hmm. And so But they didn't play that up. They didn't play that up into the second have, act. They could have played when that it was when it was when it was like on her shoulders, that's when they played it up. Literally you could sleep through the first half of the song. Sleep through the first half. Totally fine. When Sleep she was being it. all weak and meek. She was and being weak and she, meek. She and was. Be, what, what did I text you? I said, if I have to watch Meryl Streep 
feign being overwhelmed yeah. for one more minute, <laughs> I'm going to fucking puke. Yeah, you were going in. You were going in. I was just like, I was just like, oh, come well, on, see, man. Well, see, and, and, and I'm going to just tell yeah, you, everybody, definitely. who don't know me, I worked at a newspaper for several years, and I love the newspaper I appreciate that part of it. I did appreciate that. I appreciate that, that, that where, part. But that was like the only part of That's actually where you saw worked. cinematography, because yeah. you saw the montages of the papers being done. Yes. You saw the, the newsroom and the, and the people scrambling to get the story. That was the interesting part. And the guy who plays Better Call Sal, um, I don't watch the show, but it's yeah. on. It's on. Oh, um, Better Call Saul. Yeah. yeah. He was the one he that had the source. Good. With and, my, and, and the guy who was the the leaker. Salberg, the guy from the father and call me by my name. Not him. No, no, no. The no, leaker. he was. He was the. He was the, the curly head guy. Of the Times. The State Department. Oh guy. no, the, he was. The he State was, Department guy. The guy oh, who actually right. went out in the motherfucking yes, field. The right. Guy. He was the one. He yes. is an amazing actor. He's on The Americans right now. Yes, that's FN. right. He's the father in The Americans. Fucking amazing actor. He never gets enough credit. He always brings in the role. And, right, and right. he did a great job in this. Those were the best parts of the film. Mm. But we got, but because we have to look at, we have to look at He's Tom a real Hanks. motherfucker, too. His name right. is Matthew His Rice. character? Right, Matthew. His he, character is a real motherfucker. That's what I'm saying. And so, like, he went out on patrol, got his ass fucking blown up. To write those reports so they could get fucking buried. And right. then took it back. It took him months to make all those copies. And it wasn't like yeah. the average. Thousands and thousands of pages. He had to put it on the glass. One page. Yeah, one not, page not at a time. Not something Donald Trump would read. But either way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. The, the point is, we didn't spend any time in that part of the story. They yeah. spent so much time in, well, what is she going to do? But that's and, where and, the story was, was in the danger of getting this done. Right. And out to the people. But they didn't, we didn't spend any time on that. No, it was more didn't. about white men telling this white woman she's got to stay in her place. Stay in her lane. And, and, and do what we tell you to do in order to secure your fortune and your place in, yeah. in the world. And we can't fight the government by exposing the government for the wrongs that they do. That's where this story just it just sat in there. And that's what Spielberg loves to do. It's like that god-awful, I know I people mean, love this story, but that god-awful brand of brothers that went on forever and ever. And he's just... He's overwrought. He gets obsessed He's with overwrought in his filmmaking style. He he there's certain tropes that he loves to do and he's yes. gonna stay in it and it doesn't right. matter if he shoves it up your ass. I was looking for the missing father, but I guess second. I got it in the he, suicide of her husband. He, it's it's there. <laughs> that's you know? that's all and, I could. And then the as she patronized the daughter, you know, there's just so many There was so many <laughs> missed opportunities this so for nice. this to be better. I mean, yeah. when she finally stood up for herself, and they and were that like, was a great scene, by the right. way. Yeah. They were like, I like do that we, a lot. Do we print it? Do we not print? Do we print to do? And then it was like, we print. And there was like a whole section that just started clapping. I was like, what are we clapping for? Do we not know that was going to happen? They were clapping because she is the hero. She's the, she's the female heroine in the piece. That's what yeah. they were clapping about because of where we are in the times. They still Be quiet. I'm talking point. to my editor. Yeah. I like that part. You yeah. know, it's just like that That was the whole point of this. And that's what they wanted to drive home. You know, they might as well put a hashtag <sighs> Me Too on it and call it a day. But also, it was also, uh, it was also such a parallel to Trump. Yeah. Because he was, Nixon was literally kicking out all of the newspapers from the White House. Yep. Saying nobody can come here. Well, that's that the, is exactly that's the, what Trump does. 
He's also told people not to ask questions. Actively he's also, suing newspapers. Right. He is actively going and, and against see, his own that's why, government. That's to, why to out- this film is so successful in the Oscar eyes, especially yeah. because it speaks to the rebellion and, and people uprising and fighting against the man or but the I, government. This is the thing. Is I feel like the film was... It was right. It was, I thought it was rushed to yeah. make that point, yes. and the film was about making that point. Right. It yeah. wasn't about telling a rich, detailed, no, nuanced it story. It yeah. wasn't. There's, there was no nuanced story. There was no. no there was like, wasn't. There's a paper, and there's some Pentagon papers, and now, uh, oh, there was a conspiracy, and oh, we've uncovered the conspiracy, and oh, yeah. published, not published. No, we're going to publish. Okay, right. prison, one day in court. Oh, look, we we got away look, with it. Everyone follows you now. And, oh, look at that. White people like break the Espionage Act, and they don't go to prison. Cool. Right. Cool yeah. story. Right. And cool story. story. And we didn't see. And that was the. That I was steal the a piece thing. of bread in Harlem, but, and I got but, twenty years. Yeah. Thank see, you. that's my yeah. point. Exactly. That was the thing that there was no mention me. of the soldiers. We didn't get any of the court. Scene. No mention. We of didn't the, get a court. There was no court scene. There was no mention of the of the people. Like there was one part when she walks out of the courthouse down the stairs, and all these women sort of like ogle her, like, "Oh my God, she's my hero." But not one woman said anything. That's Only the shit. girl that was late. With the box. With the box mm-hmm. for the opposing team. And, for the and, and in that reality, she'd have been fired the next day because she came late and her boss shut her down right but he, there. I mean, he could have really like fired her anyway, mm-hmm. and we might not have known. But the thing was, she literally said to her, if he knew I was even talking to you, he'd fire me. But, you know, my brother's still over there, by the mm-hmm. way. How many people died? How many people and were poisoned? And that was the point. That was the connection. For years. That was the connection to the war. And and the the Vietnam story has been told a million times in in ways that don't really address the issues and the suffering of the soldiers. Because Fourth like of July in, was one because of the wait a minute in one. America Tom we Cruise. don't admit our wrongs. Right. So that was the only war really. That, That's a good point. Yeah. The humiliation angle. We right. never, never admit our wrongs. And that was the only war yeah, where those guys came back and got spit upon. Mm. No needed. No, mm-hmm. nothing was, that was not needed. They weren't They were heroes and they were, they suffered yeah. a useless war. And some of them are still suffering. So it's, it's, it's really, I think that, yes, it does. If you look at the script on paper and if you look at where they were trying to go and what they were trying to do. Yes, they hit all the marks. They had all the right actors. They had the performances because, yes, there were some standout performances with Merle Street. And um, I loved um, my girl from American Heart Story. Oh, um, I forget her last name. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. I yeah. loved her performance too. She Very, was so brief. She was. It was so quick, but she did. She did exactly what she was supposed to do. She did. And and but like I said, I they they didn't give without. us enough of that. They didn't give us my boy from Call Me by Your Name and, and Shape of Water. He was the the owner of the New York Times. Yep, in the film. he was the owner. Also excellent. Also, he is a chameleon. He can play all kind of different characters. He can be a Russian spy. He can be this owner. Yeah, of the was he can be, be the dad. I was just like, everybody. Was it me or Board were you Empire. like, why is David Cross in this? <laughs> I was like, why is, why is there a I thought he was going to say a joke. I thought, I he was thought make a joke that he was going to be the levity of it. And None. I was just like, None. what is your purpose? None. Yeah. Just because of your face? He's and your friend really of, bad tap, sad t- I mean, t- uh, his toupee. toupee. He's the friend of somebody in the production because there was really no reason for him to be there. I don't know. Not at all. There was a lot of uselessness. I was just like, why are we doing this? this for the sake of it, for the name of it, it just felt. And if you also noticed, there was no. And the pro- and I, obviously it was a period piece, but the thing about it is 
we didn't get any context of the time really. Like they didn't show us. It just told us what year. What was. was happening in the cities? Like we didn't get any of that really. We didn't see anything. We just saw people going from the newsroom to somebody's we house. We also barely saw any people of color. There was like two people of color what, in no, at the end. They were they were thrown in there. The no, there was the like a New York Times staffer. There was the. Um, What's the guy's name that that broke Watergate? That caught them and called the cops the on them. Security guard. The security guard. I forget his no, name. There were there were two there were two uh, black women in the post news in the news at the very and end at the, the very, very end. end. And they didn't say anything. They didn't say they anything. Just, just the looked. girl with the box seemed like she was oh, a Latina. Yeah, she was Latina, yeah. And that was it. Everything but, else was white, just me. white. Excuse me. It was the seventies. There were no black people. I'm sorry. In the motherfucking 70s? Excuse me, there were no black people. I'm sorry. You watch television. You know about TV. There was no black I'm, people. I'm sorry. So the 70s it was, had what? Excuse me. Hold no on. No Marvin Gaye? Let me help you. Let me help no. you. Let me help you. Let <laughs> no. Me help you. I'm hold sorry. On. There was a little thing hold called um, Soul Train in hold the 70s. Let me help you. Blacks were everywhere. White people didn't know nothing about black people during those years. Um, Remember. They totally did. We guest starred on their fucking shows like no, no, James no, no. Brown. No, 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 no. We were guest stars on the, on the show. Michael Jackson. Remember, I, the black experience was not really told in I'm any kind of visualization. I'm not saying tell the black experience. So, I'm and, saying but hold on. there should be somebody. That, no, no, no. Because the white, that the also white. reflected what was happening in the office. Hell, it's 2018, and I don't see a whole bunch of black folks walking around my office. Oh. So that's just the bottom line. So I, didn't, I did not expect to see them... <laughs> Walking around in 1971, I did not expect to see that at all. So I was actually glad to see those one or two women who were the secretaries in those offices. So I'll give the, I'm gonna give them a shout out for representing that. You can give them that because I, I don't see nothing. that in 2018 I, I don't in care. a lot of places. I will give them nothing. This now, is I'm gonna still, give them that. This is still white politics talking Once about again, white politics. Absolutely, and no one is doing anything about anything. Absolutely, and, and it's only still time, be the same way. only time anyone is getting upset is when it affects the white bottom line. Of course. So, the, so that's the reason why that's the women's all march. Those, all those lawyers and all those people that were trying to tell her to stay in her place were really about that, well, and so and you, she, you're still oh, gonna have the same thing. Yeah. And, and and the sadness of it is. You know, you got a president who's talking about those shithole countries and so on and so forth. We're still in the same place. It hasn't really changed much. And that's also why this film works for so many people because they see that. They know where we are. They they see what what's going on. I'm sure. And and that's kind of why I'm sure if we look far enough, there'll be something about Afghanistan, too. Right. Just saying. That spanned uh, four presidents. Right. Oh, that's the next one. That's the next one. That'll be the next and one. And if Steven Spielberg's alive, he'll probably direct I it. I hope he fucking does No, no, not. it'll be Peter Berg making his the, 20th. 20th war movie. Yeah. Peter <laughs> Berg, you know what? <laughs> That's another episode. I'm not even going to go there. Well, there's 12 Horses coming out soon, right? I, I don't think Peter... Did I'm Peter Berg direct Peter I don't Berg think he alone. directed that one. Because you're right. Between 12 Horses and um, 510, which was um, Spielberg. I mean, not Spielberg, um, Clint Eastwood. Another oh historian. God. I really want Ken Heaswood to die already. Um, he, no, his best um, years was all the Italian westerns. Twelve. Tw- no, he's had 12, some. to Paris. Some very good movies on his own, but Twelve Strong is not. It's Nikolai Fulsig. Hmm. Fulsig. I don't know. Well, that's that. the nine eleven story. Yeah, that's the nine eleven story. But anyway, anyway so anyway. we gotta we gotta wrap up. But we gotta I just wrap the post. The post. Final thoughts. This damn post. Post. Final, final thoughts. Uh, I thought. Listen, if you're into uh, 
Political dramas. White political dramas. I'm saying white because <laughs> that's what it is. A white yeah. man said to me that I, I was correct in in <sighs> in stating what I stated, which is this, this is a white political drama. And if you're into that, by all means, go and see it. This is just another. You know it, it, sorry, I okay. have to cut it. But like, this is the thing is, I when when Tawana first made that objection, yeah. I thought like, oh come on, T, yeah. like get over your activism for fucking, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, don't take exactly. a knee on, don't take a knee on this movie, please, right. please, you know. But right. like, <laughs> but then when I saw it, it was like for me. I mean, I'm not American, right? So yeah. obviously, I'm always taking a slightly different lens to it. But it was like, it was just, it was so fucking waspy. Like, yeah. it was so fucking waspy. It was so... And from someone who comes from a a country where it, we just don't. I mean, New Zealand's changing now. But when I grew up, I mean, it was just like those kinds. That's like a classist thing, you know? Yeah. And I've come from a very middle class family. And so it's kind of like that kind of shit that fucks me off, too. You yeah. know, and I just look at the film and it was just like, ugh, I don't know. It's annoyed the shit out of me. Absolutely. I was like, well, I was like, I don't give a fuck about you and your problems. Like, go away. Well, you know? you know, there was nothing. There was the problem with the film was. It was so empty and kind of soulless uh, that you didn't have anything to connect to as the character. You didn't feel the fight for her. You no. didn't feel the fight for anybody. Like there was nothing to there grasp no, onto. There was no human interest, and right. it was just it. All it looked like it was just so parallel of what's happening today. And I thought Spotlight, which is another film about um, newspaper drama, newspaper mm-hmm. drama, but the story that broke with that the Catholic rich. Church yeah. Yeah. in in Boston and how all the kids were molested and how they uncovered that. That had more human interest story mm. and was far better done than this was done. Yeah, but so, you got Michael Keaton running that ship. Yeah, but it still it still was done so much better. Yeah. But if you you know if you're into that and you want to see it and you're a fan of Meryl and a fan of Tom and a fan of Spielberg, I mean, go right ahead. I yeah. think you should see it. It's a, it's like it's this thing. As much as we're kind of hating on it, it's we're hating on it because it should have been so much better than it was. I expect it better. Yeah. yeah, I was disappointed. Well, I didn't expect better, but I wanted to see a newspaper story because I love newspaper and I worked in yeah. newspaper and I worked in Knight Ritter that was always mentioned. In oh the film. no, shit! They managed so, to mention it. So shout out to all my former coworkers mm. at the state newspaper, and uh, you know, if you want to go see the film, fine. If you're not, wait to HBO because HBO will show it for sure. It would be a good HBO. It would be a good film. HBO film. That's HBO. What, you all know what, day. what Jen said to me is she felt like it was. The first two episodes of an HBO yeah. like ten part. Yeah, like a ten part doc. Do you know what I mean? Or, yeah, or like, like a, a miniseries or a six part or something. Yeah. But like it could have easily been. It, it felt like just like a really strong HBO yeah, series, definitely did. rather than a, a movie. Wow, I definitely could have. Steven Spielberg, go sit down. <laughs> yeah, man, just go sit down. Just, just in these regards, like, like you used to make me, you, 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 you make some so emotional fucking shit, man. You Absolutely. had more concern with the damn ET. Give me a break. I know. <laughs> anyway, Saving that's Private it for Ryan us. Is my jam. And uh, we're gonna wrap it up here, folks. Yeah. Oh, you know so what? Next year. Next, next year, year. Next, next episode. Excuse I'm me. I'm signing this out with something a little different today, guys. <laughs> All right, next, next episode. episode. Tune in as we're going to review Lady Bird. Oh yeah. Um, Darkest Hour to continue with our Oscar theme, and you know I fucks with Darkest Hour. You know what I fucks with? Black, Black fucking motherfucking Panther. Oh, Panther. Hell yeah! That's what we're reviewing next year. Next dude, episode, dude. Black Killmonger 2020. Make Wakanda great again. That's right. Black I'm gonna be. I'm fucking wearing day. that t-shirt. Wearing that shirt? Yeah. Do it. Right. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Shirley Chisholm shirt. All right. 
And I'm gonna president. be wearing I'm gonna be wearing a vintage Black Panther t shirt. That's right. Oh shit. That's right. So tune in next episode. And until then, make sure you check us out on all our social media platforms. Uh Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud where we where we host. And if you have anything to say, please by all means hit us up on um Hashtag BBM podcast. Please let us know. Please let us know what you're thinking. You like it? You don't like it? Let us know what you want us to see, too. Let us know if you what you want to see. But you know what? Most importantly, if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow. Absolutely. All right, people. It's been real. See you next time. See you next time. This is Beer Bourbon and, and a, a Movie. movie. Is it a